Who's on second? Who's on first? What base do you want to talk about? I'm going to get in a lot of trouble here. You play to win the game. We're in here talking about practice. At home, they call me Big Al, and I hit dingers. I want your heart. I want to eat his children. Come after me! They're comedians, they're sports fans, and all-around degenerates. It's the Who's On First podcast with your hosts, Matt Marin and Anthony Passaretti. I'm a man! I'm 40! What's up, everybody? Welcome to another Who's On First podcast. Matt Marin with Anthony Passaretti, as always. Another fun week in sports. What's up, Anthony? Not much. Uh, for real, just, you know, hanging out like usual the last couple months. Yeah. It felt like one big, long day. <laughs> yeah. it's um, This was, I think, uh, kind of uh, some somewhat eventful week in sports for uh, the time period where there's not much actual live sports. I know at the uh, later on we're going to do our MLB predictions now. There is officially going to be a season, um, but also that could change because we already had some players I've been hearing aren't going to play the season. I know Ryan Zimmerman sitting out, another Nationals pitcher is, so once that stuff kind of comes out, we may have to, you know, may alter what our predictions are if more and more well, players are sitting out. Yeah, Mike Leak from the Diamondbacks right now. Somebody posted on Twitter that his breakdown of pay, he's made a lot of money in his career, more than I thought he would have. He's made like a solid $100 million. And uh, every yeah, other probably. year, the, the St. Louis Cardinals are paying him that money still. Like, the, whatever his contract was, like, the Cardinals pay him, like, a lot pretty recently still. Yeah. But uh, before we get to that, there's other stuff that happened. First thing we have, uh, we should probably at least get out of the way because I think this news kind of broke just as we were recording last week. Um, oh, the whole yeah. uh, NASCAR new, the whole NASCAR news story um, we talked about the last couple weeks. Um, it's weird how it became a political thing when it really is kind of simple. Somebody saw a noose and said in the black guy's garage was like, during Black Lives Matter, this is probably a really racist thing. And then they found out, the FBI investigator found out, oh, it was just like the pulley for the garage. And then if you look more into it, it's like, well, nine other garages have it and it's tied in a ball knot, not a noose. And people are then, all of a sudden, all these, like, white people who want to pretend racism doesn't exist were like, well, of course it's not a noose. It's just a thing for the garage pull. What, they just wanted to think it was a noose to create a story. Then they released a picture and you saw it, and holy shit, is it a noose. Yeah. I don't know. Didn't they also say, though, that, like, it had been there for, like, like two years? Like, it's not something somebody just put there? Yeah, it had... Yeah, they said it had been there since 2019, so it doesn't seem like it was put there directly to be racist towards Bubba Wallace, but it is as honest of honest a mistake as you could imagine. If you see something that it is a noose, it looks exactly like the most racist of racist nooses, and it's in the black guy's garage during Black Lives Matter, how could anyone see it and not think that that might be what it's there for? Yeah, everybody's you know really on edge right now so i i guess like any kind of somebody should have thought like hey you know people are freaking out right now that might be a bad look for us but i it's just one of those things that must have been there for so long all the people that like worked in that environment were used to it and then someone on his team was a little too on edge saw it thought he was going to be the hero i don't i have no idea what to think anymore i was so mad that this literally we started record we stopped recording and then almost everything we talked about was refuted like there was no official baseball but 
<laughs> by the time the show came out yep there might be there was there, there was this whole thing i was so frustrated that we didn't do that on time yeah i'm just i'm glad that we just do like a funny podcast where we talk about sports and aren't like actually a news outlet of some sort because my thought on it was well all these news reports just ran with the story before they knew all the details so they have no journalistic integrity fortunately we come from a place of not even starting with saying we have any integrity so we can say whatever we want but these actual news organizations that report and create a story before knowing the details they're irresponsible but they yeah. try to they're supposed to be responsible we're not <laughs> yeah yeah if at any point someone thought i knew what i was talking about i hate to break it to you i don't have any idea yeah. most of the time um, it's all just nonsense but uh yeah, yeah. And, so this uh, is we'll I see know i think I this is gonna deal with to think about this because now he wasn't in the race this saturday sunday what day the race happened i said I don't recall. They usually happen on Sundays. Um, I haven't been following that closely. Um, but yeah, also one quick important thing. He wasn't the one who reported the news. Someone on his team saw it and thought. So for anyone saying he's trying to play the victim, it's like, no, he didn't even say anything about it. He just was told there was a noose in your garage. And if you're the black guy speaking out against Black Lives Matter in a uh, sport where your, a lot of your fan base has Confederate flags, it's a natural conclusion to draw. No, I get it. It's just this, I, it seems like the whole story is just a result of people being so on edge right now, and it all just kind of exploded outward. It, it's just sort yeah. of like a. I'm sure any time if the next time there's like groups of people, everybody's going to be super anxious the entire time. So I can't imagine the stress those guys are under right now. Like everybody's being told, like, "Hey, don't get into like big groups," and they're like, "Oh, cool, we're going to like go on this national tour, be in the pit crew." It's just I'm sure that there's a lot of anxiety everywhere right now. I understand how it all happened yeah. but it's just so frustrating that like everybody took every stage of the story like this is the story and then you know our, our we had to <laughs> i was listening back to last week's episode like oh no you, you guys fucked it up the story in yeah. advance and every everyone on whatever side of the political aisle they are on this issue took whatever part of the story sounded most like a thing they could use to say their side is right and ran with it and to me that's the most disgusting well, yeah, that's everything now, though. Like, it feels like the, the the cycle of stuff is going so quickly. It feels like in this last week alone, there's been, like, 20, 30 different stories like that that come out, and then everybody instantly is like, oh, shit, I have this huge opinion about this. I don't know. I think maybe I need to <laughs> stop looking at the Internet for a while because I think I'm going crazy, yeah. too. Oh, yeah, that's uh, in quarantine now. There's like Twitter is not the real world, but there is no real world right now. So Twitter's all we have. And just seeing that is like drive, will drive you crazy. Yeah, it, it absolutely does. <laughs> you forget that there's other stuff that is existing yes. out there. But seeing some stuff, uh, uh, we'll see. Maybe this will be the last week we have to talk about the Confederate flag. But did you hear about the Mississippi State flag and the yeah. whole ordeal? I saw a history of their other ones. The the one that they're changing it from is much much better than the first one. <laughs> it, it, yeah. got, it was really so, bad, and then it kept getting progressively better, and now it'll probably be fine. Although who knows? Yeah, currently the top left corner of their current state flag is the Confederate emblem, and uh, 
Then the SEC came out and was like, hey, we have deals with NBC, CBS. We air games. We're not going to air any games with the Confederate flag or any of the Confederate emblem. So that means that Mississippi State or Ole Miss, because their colleges have the Mississippi State flag on their stadiums. So if they were to, like, have a winning season or be doing really well, they still wouldn't be getting televised games. That hurts recruiting. That hurts income. That hurts everything. So Mississippi State and uh, and also the star running back from Mississippi State tweeted out that if this Mississippi State doesn't change the flag, I'm no longer playing uh, for a school in this state. And so then they did change their flag pretty quickly. They've announced that they're going to change it. We haven't seen it yet. Um, and kind of related also, there was a mayor uh, in Alabama, I forgot what the exact, Carbon Hill, name of a uh, small town or city in Alabama, uh, the mayor, Mark Chambers, uh, said he was no longer going to support Alabama football, Alabama Crimson Tide football team, because they uh, came out and made a statement against Black Lives Matter. One of their offensive linemen wrote an essay. Nick Saban came out in the video also. <laughs> and uh, this guy said he's no longer going to support Black Lives Matter, uh, no longer going to support Alabama Crimson Tide. And guess what? Uh, people in Alabama care a lot more about the Alabama Crimson Tide than some no-name mayor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a bad move. That's got to be like so, one of the biggest industries there. They like between like jersey sales and merch and tickets and just the culture around it. That's a, that's the dumbest thing to go at if you need votes. Yeah, a little bit of history. Uh, this small town mayor. A uh, couple of quotes of his last year. He. Um, came out and said uh, that baby killers, socialists, and homosexuals lecture us on morals and transvestites lecture us on human biology. The only way to change this would be to kill the problem out. These are quotes from this mayor in the past, uh, which did not, uh, he didn't have to resign after saying any of that, but you come after Alabama football, ooh, he stepped down uh, a couple days ago. It's priorities. That's, (laughs) yeah. So that's the, this college is, uh, football is so important. They do it on Saturdays there. Like nobody has anything to. It's not like people can go like had to go to church all day and missed it. Like they're right voting for this guy. Yeah. Now this <laughs> not is not uh, knowing his stance we, on football. Oh my god. Yeah. Before we got in the air, Idiots. I told you there were a couple things I wanted to rant about. This is one of them because you and I uh, have uh, for a long time spoken out against all of these fucking like vegans and cosplayers who say sports ball and talk about how sports <laughs> is uh, so insignificant and unimportant. Well, sports got the Confederate state to remove the Confederacy from its flag. Sports is the reason people in the South now can't go to a NASCAR race and hold up a Confederate flag. Muhammad Ali's done a lot more to change the world than your fucking friend's podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. Damn. I guess that's true. They They did make a pretty major change it sucks that that's going to be the biggest thing that happens in sports this year i think but you know a a win is a win they do they they did get that that is that is true i haven't thought about it like that like people miss sports so much that like i think that's sort of what the nba players are talking about like that's what Kyrie's talking about like they have such a power to like change things that like maybe playing the games is not what they should be focusing their power on right now and i guess that might be an example it's like there's there hasn't been performance yeah. he didn't I mean, have there to may be win something... a race to get this change yeah. he, all he had to do was be there yeah there may be something valid to that but also even when sports is going on and you want to go and watch a game 
and that and you see LeBron wearing an I can't breathe shirt before the game starts. I'm not saying every athlete needs to speak up. If somebody doesn't feel comfortable speaking up, that's totally fine too. And this also goes against all the people who say shut up and dribble and we don't care what your opinion is, you're not making any difference. No. They can make a difference. But also for the people who don't even watch TV except the Big Bang Theory or Star Wars and go to Comic-Con and say sports doesn't make a difference, sports can make a difference. Sports is a huge part of the culture, and a lot of the like progressive advancements we've made in society might not have happened if not for athletes and if not for sports and sports fans. A mayor had to step down because he spoke out against a cultural issue that a sports team was speaking up for. You and your friends on Twitter don't have that kind of power. Yeah, that, yeah, the... That's true. They definitely can get an enormous amount done. That's something that I had written down to talk about. Did you see that the NBA is going to let them put whatever they want on their back instead of their last name? Oh, I didn't hear about their last name. I heard about there being a thing where they can put things on their jerseys uh, for, like, certain – like different causes and stuff, which uh, it makes sense. Uh, in the NBA, they've got fucking Bumble logos on their jersey, or Nike, or Reebok, or in NASCAR they got M and M's cars. Why can't someone have uh, you know their own thing that they want to message they want to get out instead of having to just put a corporation on it? But I think this is the NBA's attempt to uh, like appease any player that felt that they were going to be a distraction. They're like, well, look. All these eyes are going to be on you, and you can write whatever the hell you want on your back. I'm sure there's going to be some people who have, like, you know, every kind of message on the back. Spencer Dinwiddie announced he's going to put Trillion on the back of it because his number is is really close to the number of um, billions of dollars in debt we are. Maybe Trillions. Yeah, Trillion. That's why he's putting Trillion on there. Yeah. uh, So his whole thing is a political statement. Some people who are doing something for American Cancer Society or something like that. Uh, I don't know. I think it's a really good idea, and as far as uh, there being the worry that while they're playing, they may not be able to uh, keep people's attention on certain social issues, that's probably a good compromise. I, I Here's the thing, though. I feel like the NBA is being, like, the cool principal right now, where, like, on Friday, he, like, approved some ridiculous Monday thing and then he's gonna get there Monday and freak out and be like wait no this is not what like no you can't say this or can't do this like you guys I, I thought you guys were gonna put some like silly nonsense on the back of your shirts and instead you just like <laughs> caused us like One somebody's guy, gonna write yeah. like fuck China or something and then he's gonna like there's gonna be like a whole shit storm some guy's <laughs> gonna come out with free Cosby on the back of his jersey. <laughs> exactly. It's like some, some, somebody's gonna go absolutely insane. I mean, it's the NBA. They've had no shortage of people who are out there. And I'm sure if you let them really put whatever they want, things can go yeah. crazy quickly. I hope that people are, like, use it for good. I hope that they, like, use it for, like, social chat. <laughs> yeah. I would probably um, keep my name on the back of mine. I don't think I'd, like, give myself some crazy <laughs> stance or nickname. What would, what, would you put on, what would you put on the back of yours? Just, I'd keep my name. I'd be like, that's, oh, I'm here to play basketball. No one wants to hear from me right now. You'll be, like be Brett real, Gard- I- You'll be like the Brett Gardner when all the Yankee players do their nicknames and Brett Gardner just wanted to do his own name. And they were like, you got to do something. He's like, fine, Gardy. <laughs> that is exactly right. That's <laughs> I was like, I, I don't, unless, I, what am I going to do? Give myself a nickname? No, that's, I'm not going to be one of those people. You don't want to be Jesus Shuttlesworth? 
Wait, is that... What's that in reference? Did you just make up a nickname for me? That was like Ray Allen's name in a movie where he played a basketball player named Jesus Shuttlesworth. And I think like at some point during a game in the NBA, when the guys got to choose their own last name, he put Shuttlesworth as his last name. <laughs> I, I, I just learned about that. That's how it's, I thought yeah. you just like made that up right there. Oh, yeah. man. Um, did you hear about the um, back and forth now with Barstool and Jamel Hill? Um, because he got in trouble for being racist. So, yeah, kind of, yeah. So, I saw a clip of him a video saying circulating. It, it, I, well, I saw the Colin Kaepernick clip, and then somebody else posted a clip of him straight up saying the N-word a couple times, and it's like, oh, uh-oh, you're in trouble. Wait, what, what else was there after the, Ka- I only saw the Kaepernick clip. Uh, there was a clip of him, like, I guess he's quoting a song or something, but he, like, very clearly says the N-word and is, like, dancing around and laughing about it. And, like... <laughs> the Kaepernick thing, for anybody who's listening doesn't know what we're talking about, back in 2016 when Kaepernick knelt during the National Anthem, it was Dave Portnoy, um, Big Cat, and KFC, three of the guys from Barstool. And I will say, I listen sometimes to, like, Big Cat and PFT show Pardon My Take and KFC. I'm not... Like, I know you don't necessarily like Barstool. I like those guys. I haven't listened to a lot of Dave Portnoy, particularly. I've seen some of his interviews I like. But KFC and Big Cat, I am fans of. Um, and uh, they were all they were kind of fucking around. They were saying that Colin Kaepernick uh, is kind of racially ambiguous, that uh, Dave Portnoy was kind of leading the charge saying he looks Arab, and he's like, I don't act on it, but in my mind, I just immediately go to thinking he's a terrorist. Which is... Uh, extremely sloppy and yes very racist but also he's not acting on anything and isn't it kind of a good thing if we admit our biases and things we think immediately that we know are wrong to me that's not the worst thing in the world to acknowledge an ugly side of our minds you could also just like not say anything about it and then like change that that's like yeah that's pretty that's That's definitely true. You could have just not said anything. That might have been a better way to go. Um, I will say... That's the big problem. It's not like anybody had a gun to his head that was like, give me your honest opinion about this. He just volunteered that because he had nothing better to say in that moment, which is like, sucks. And I did see KFC on Twitter put up, wrote an article about it saying like, can you clarify uh, for the people that are listening that you're not talking about Kentucky Fried Chicken at all? For the love of yeah. God, it's the fireworks again. I don't, okay, it, Dave, I'm sorry about what's happening right now. It turns out that somebody has lost their mind and has set off fireworks every 10 minutes for the like from about <laughs> 4.30 to about 4.30 a.m. every day. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the fireworks thing that. is been going off everywhere you, but i don't know we could leave that in why not um as long as we don't say um, we think it's way, because you're, of you're arab not talking terrorists, about kentucky fried chicken as long as we don't say we think it's because of arab terrorists i think we're good no so the, some people think it's um, teenagers and then some people think it's the cops but there's no way like these are like for real fireworks like if i look out my window i can see the like reflection of the lights and the windows and stuff like these are thousands of no dollars i think worth of, who the hell is of, getting them in the city they're yeah. hard to get I well, I think know. one of the theories is that cops are providing them to people. Which, why? What is the, what is, what is the gaming I mean, that? I mean, if you want to go, if you want to go full tinfoil hat here, the theory is, um, they're allowing it to happen or encouraging it to happen because then you'll see, well, we need police or else chaos will erupt. 
Oh, yeah. I've started to go, like, get real, like, what, what do they want us to, like, get used to the sound of, like, explosions all the time? Like, what do they think is coming? Like, this is... Yeah, I heard I, that I, also, but... Anyway, back to important things, like Dave Portnoy saying the N-word. Um... <laughs> Well, he's not going to, like, what's what's going to happen? They're going to force, I think it'd be hilarious if he got, like, two months ago, he's saying, like, I'll kill myself if I ever don't run Barstool. And then, like, <laughs> you know, he might have to get forced out, which would be yeah. hilarious and a lot, kind of ironic, I guess. Yeah. I well, just, he, well, I was going to say, KFC, who's, it's the name of the guy, it's Kevin, I forgot what his last name is, his, uh, his initials are KC, I'm not, he runs the show KFC Radio with, um... Uh, I forgot the guy's name. Fights. In, it's a. I, I feel bad. I watch this show all the time, but uh, you can look it up on Barstool. It's a good show. Um, and uh, but they uh, Feidelberg. That's his name. But yeah, KFC put out like an article where he's like, yeah, looking at that, he's like, look at the stuff I talk say about Colin Kaepernick now, and I say people are dumb who thinks he was ne-, like. He's like, it's like a before and after picture where somebody. He's like, I look back on that, and yeah, that was an extremely dumb thing to say at the time, and now you know we do a comedy show and we say outrageous stuff, which I'm totally fine with. I'm sure there's episodes of Who's on First where I've said stuff if I look back on I would think are dumb, um, but what is funny here is uh, Jamel Hill shared the clip of them talking about Colin Kaepernick, saying, um, uh, yes, this is disgusting, but consider the source. And um, so a couple things came from that. Barstool have released a T-shirt, consider the source, that they're now selling, because, yeah, they don't, com- pur- they don't purport to be some source of, uh, like, like, moral superiority in any way they are a bunch of like fuck up kids from boston and dave portnoy almost kind of reminds me like a dana white where he's like he is leading a thing but he's also like a street kid yeah it's very very uh such a weird thing to i don't know that's probably just the selling the shirts right away like the people that like are so into it it's like oh my god what where do you get all your money to like give to all these dudes from Boston that can now like afford? To, it's just like I don't, I don't know. It's a just, fun, it's a fun channel. It it's one of those things that like was so prevalent in my not like my life. Like I gave a shit about it, but like I heard about it so much in college, and then not at all for like two years, and then all of a sudden it was like, oh, by the way, well you had your back turned. This became a billion dollar company. It's like, hey, wait, what the hell? I thought that was that thing that poured like hepatitis foam on people once a year <laughs> it's some <laughs> arena in poughkeepsie when the hell did they get all this fucking influence so yeah, like to me but even now but like, and then pod- also they, their podcasts they, just, are cool they yeah. I, they have a lot of stand-up comedians on like comedians who we're friends with have been on a lot of those shows i think it's it's funny and it's about sports and they're just a bunch of like regular people saying regular things and there's going to be a lot of fuck-ups there and they have no problem admitting that they've fucked up. To me, that's what a lot more things should be. Yeah, I guess so. It's just, I, there, there's been a lot of, like, uh, thievery and writing and just, like, a lot of... I've seen a lot of, like, shitty, like, DMs where they'll be like, oh, hi, can you afford lawyers? Because we can. We're just going to kind of take this and you can either just yeah. be happy we're going to put your ad at the end or, like... Which I it just is like, oh, it's so lame. That's... Yeah, you know more about that stuff than I do, and if that stuff is happening, it's pretty gross. But I do want to say another thing with the Jamel Hill, 
Uh, as soon as Jamel Hill came out and shared the video about Barstool, people, this is what, this is where this is going. It's already been going this way. People went back and looked at old things that Jamel Hill has said. <laughs> what did he do? He, you know Jamel Hill, she from uh, ESPN. Oh, oh, she, right. Yeah, What'd I'm a big say? fan of hers. Her, she used to do Sports Center with Michael Smith. They had a show together also. I'm a big fan of Jamel Hill's. Um, but back in 2009, when Manny Ramirez was caught using fertility drugs, she put out a tweet saying, A lot of my Facebook friends are calling him Manny the Tranny. So inappropriate, but so hilarious. <laughs> Which is like, who? it's so it's just so weird to me. It's like, who cares? What, 2009, like, who... who <laughs> A hundred percent. I don't care at all. But if she's sharing videos of other people saying things from years ago and saying how horrible it is, then you then open yourself up to have people find things you said years ago that were horrible. And also, I don't think what she said was horrible. She said other people are saying this. It's inappropriate, but I can't help myself from laughing. That is a legitimate form of comedy, something you know is wrong, but you can't help but laughing at. And... Yeah, in hindsight, you may be like, oh, that was more horrible than it was funny. I shouldn't have been laughing at it. But to pretend like that doesn't exist is – that's not reality. We we need to, like, as a society, establish some kind of statute of limitations. Like, how long ago is the thing that you said – like, like I think 11 years is absurd. Like, that's too long. Like, you could – so much happens to – but two years, hmm, I don't know. That you could – People could uncover. See, I don't know. Like, I think. What are you talking? I said I've said things on this show probably a month ago that if I look back on, I would say are dumb and not things that represent everything I think. But it's am. it's. I'm talking about severity. I mean, like when, like there is some guy on Twitter who's getting in trouble right now. He's one of the YouTubers who's like the Will Smith's whole family is mad at him because he like was trying to do like edge lord humor in like 2011 where he was like pretending to like jerk off to one of his kids and yeah. his family is like real angry about it now and it's one of those things yeah. where it's like oh i don't know nine years ago fake edgelord humor this seems like something that's like oh we could just yeah. write that off it's like that sucks <laughs> why is this but also, whole yeah. family needs to yeah but also jamel hill when people brought up that tweet she put out a thread saying i didn't delete this tweet on purpose i apologize for it a couple years ago when people brought it up but i want it out there so people know that you can evolve and change and i want to be held responsible for mistakes i've made in the past um, but then she deleted it now that everyone's coming after her again and also if yeah, you want to be able to have the first part was bullshit yeah <laughs> And also, if that's how you actually believe, then the guys from Barstool who say, yeah, years ago I said something dumb and it's like a before and after picture, you should be able to accept that too. I don't know. I, I'm I'm more about trying to play the game as it is. Delete all of that. Get rid of it. Hide. Bury. <laughs> I 100% agree Yes, delete, delete all of it. But I'm just saying, as far as the hypocrisy, it's coming out every time I think the cancel culture is going to go away because of it. My favorite story, I probably mentioned it on the show, it was like a year or two ago now, at a college football game in uh, University of Iowa, I believe it was. There was, uh, in the background of college game day, a fan is holding up a sign, says, donate to my beer fund, and leaves his Venmo there to, like, get me drunk. And a bunch of fans saw it and thought it was funny and started donating. This guy made, like, a few thousand dollars just off this dumb sign. And some local journalist went into his Twitter history and saw he had tweeted offensive, something offensive five years ago 
and people were furious at the journalist, so they went into the journalist's history and saw he tweeted more offensive stuff five years ago. This, it's going to, everyone had said something years ago that by today's standards is not cool, or somebody said something a year ago on a local podcast just fucking around, and a year later they're on a more national scale and wouldn't say something like that, and they shouldn't be responsible for the dumb thing they said locally a year ago. Yeah, I, I don't, but this again, that's not the game right now. Game, game right now is still, <laughs> you can get fucked right away because, like you said, there's no real world right now. Like, you have to kind of appease the online I world guess, if you want, like, but... to be a part of any of that, like, get money or do those kind of things like that. Yeah, but also, I gotta say, Manny Ramirez caught taking a fertility drug and someone calling him Manny the Tranny, that's kind of funny. Yeah, that's probably not... But that's probably got said in Boston newspapers, like whatever their version of the New York Post is. That could have been like, <laughs> yeah, their headline. Also, yeah, any anybody who's from Boston can't get mad at that because, come on, you're from Boston. Yeah, I guess speaking of that, kind of leads into one of the other most po- like talked about stories of the week is that Cam Newton's a Patriot. Cam Newton on the Patriots, uh, yeah, a uh, black quarterback in New England. That's gonna go well. Yeah, that's I sent you that meme. <laughs> the, 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 the people are not going to be uh, very receptive of him right away, I don't think. Because it feels like the whole AFC, like, the Patriots had Tom Brady and that whole dynasty. There's a lot of, like, animosity between most other fan bases and the Patriots. Yeah. So, like, they don't like a lot of other people. I'm sure a lot of them didn't anticipate having to deal with another established name or jersey seller or star i'm sure in a lot of their people's heads there that they were going to try to like grow their own next brady kind of like how judges where jeter leaves and it's not yeah. like we we did get yeah. stan too but there's one and of those it's also other yeah and it, i mean it's probably made the patriots the favorite in that division now because the only thing they were kind of missing was the quarterback cam's had injury issues but if cam is healthy Maybe the Bills could still overtake them. I don't see the Jets or Dolphins necessarily overtaking them. It'll be interesting to see what Belichick does with a quarterback that can run. It's like it's not like he can run as good as he could when he was at Auburn, but he still has the ability, way more than Tom ever did, to roll out yeah. of the pocket and get something done himself. And what is interesting, he signed the deal he signed is mostly incentive based. He's only guaranteed like one point oh five million dollars. Similar to like Jameis Winston's deal, he's only guaranteed like a hundred a few hundred thousand. So that led to Chase Daniel trending on Twitter, who is Drew Brees backup in New Orleans, who is making guaranteed five million dollars, and Andy Dalton making guaranteed three million dollars, which has led to the uh Black quarterback, white quarterback debate. Some of it is situational, but kind of feel bad for Chase Dan. I mean, well, also, there's a long history of black quarterbacks not being seen as being as smart as white quarterbacks, so that is legit. But you got to feel bad for Chase Daniel, who got a really good deal to sit back behind Drew Brees and hold a clipboard, and all of a sudden, because some other team gives a black quarterback a bad deal, he's got a trend to be called overrated and awful. It's like, I'm just here holding my clipboard making a few billion dollars. Give me a break. I'm sure he doesn't give a crap what anybody's saying about him. I'm sure he's just drawing dollar signs all over that clipboard. He doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, that's probably true, too. I I did my hard work. Now I get to fucking save my brain. He's, like, doing long division just to, like, fuck with all the people whose brains are melting. Can't even, like, see numbers anymore. (laughs) 
$5 million to not melt your brain is not a bad deal. No, it's fantastic. Like, he's he's living the dream. He's the one that's the, killing it the hardest. Unless unless you're going to, like, really, like, you know, be amazing and win and make millions and millions and have endorsement deals forever. He's the one that's crushing it. Out of, like, most of them, his deal is pretty great. Yeah. Let's see a hot take here for us. Who do you think has a better season, the Patriots or the Buccaneers? I don't know. That would be hilarious if they like met in the playoffs. That would be such a cool game. They would. Uh, it would have to be in the Super Bowl. It w- could they? Tampa Bay versus New England Super Bowl. Tom Brady versus his old team. That would be pretty crazy. That would be the first time I, people would be excited that the Patriots were in it. That'd be the first time people were. Yeah. I don't know who people would be rooting for in that situation. It'd be kind of lose lose for people that have always rooted yeah. against the Pats before. Because it's like. If, you, if, if the, Cam Newton stays healthy, I feel like New England has a better year than Tampa Bay. Just because uh, I don't think a 42, 43 year old Tom Brady with a out of retirement Gronk, and the, uh, they got a good receiving core, but just overall, there is a culture to winning for sure. And New England's got a history of bringing guys in who like res- have a resur- career resurgence in New England. So. If Cam Newton stays healthy, I see the Patriots more likely to win their division than Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay's still got to overtake. Uh, they're in a division with New Orleans, Atlanta. Carolina's probably not going to do much without Cam, but who knows? they still have Christian McCaffrey, maybe the best running back in the league. Tampa's got a harder road to the playoffs, I feel, than New England. Yeah. Also, every time I think of Tampa Bay with all those like older players i literally picture them just like on a beach like do you just why can't like tom brady and Gronk go to like hawaii together and they can like toss the ball back and forth it seems like that's what they want to do is just have this like leisurely like oh look at us we're so amazing like they might get yeah. rocked too that's a good point like they are getting old. like gronkowski's done what like five reality shows since <laughs> retiring <laughs> yeah probably um also, I don't know if you saw this week was uh, the 100-year anniversary of the Negro League being formed. I did not see that, actually. That's cool, though. That's I saw, When did it Yeah, stop? Barack Obama tweeted about it. Yeah. Uh, I guess you know, we know which one. I guess we, I don't I guess know we know which one of us cares that. more about black people now. Yeah, I guess so. That's why, you know, I could tell you everything about <laughs> The Simpsons. That's, that's what I've been thinking about. But, yeah. uh... Well, the Negro um, Leagues has kind of a complicated history in that it's, like, it's a great baseball league, and it provided a lot of black baseball players who no one would have ever heard of otherwise, but also the fact that it even had to exist is a horrible thing. Yeah, for sure. So it's, it's like a sad chapter of baseball history, but I, I it's just something I don't know that much about. I guess I should read up on it. I'm sure yeah. there's a lot of stuff well, coming we, out yeah. for an anniversary. It's, it's worth looking up. Some of the guys we've heard, Satchel Paige uh, and Josh Gibson, people say may have been the best hitter and best pitcher of all time, just never really got to play in the big leagues. Guys like Buck Leonard and all these. Like, there is a large history, and you just hear about some of the stories of these guys. Some of it becomes like urban myth and urban legend. You hear stories like you don't know how true it was, but – you like to. Uh, there's been a lot of people who said that Satchel Paige legitimately had times where he would uh, give up a couple, a couple of ground balls, and his fielders made errors. Then, with the bases loaded, he turned and told all his fielders to leave the field, and then struck out the next three batters because he could do it without them. <laughs> that's that's. 
funny. If that's like a Babe Ruth call your shot type deal, if that's like the pitcher equivalent of that, it's like get the, get yeah. the fuck off my field. Um, but at that yeah. point, why wouldn't... And um, also... Yeah, I guess I was just what? thinking about, like, there, nobody, nobody's there to, like, cover bases and stuff. Throws one wild pitch, he's fucked. Yeah, if he just gives up, a, somebody could have just bunted. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it's it's a terrible plan. Yeah, who knows how real some of those stories are, but uh, it is crazy to hear about some of them, and uh, multiple people have corroborated some of those stories, but... Either way, I, also in uh, baseball news, I don't know if you saw... I'm probably just spending way too much time on Twitter. Like we, like we said, Twitter's not the real world. But Vin Scully trended on Twitter for a few hours this week. Did you see that? No, I did not. Vin Why? Scully, who's now 92 years old, who's retired from calling baseball, but was the voice of the Dodgers for maybe close to 50 years... Um, a video resurfaced in 2016 of him saying he'll never watch another NFL game because of Colin Kaepernick kneeling. And if you here's the if you look on Twitter, it took a while for me to find what actually was happening to him because every quote, every tweet was from people of all different backgrounds too: black, white, Spanish, man, woman, all saying. We are not canceling Vin Scully. I don't care what he said about Colin Kaepernick. Before I could even find what people were well, upset about, I saw everyone just saying, no, don't come for a 92-year-old man who was the voice of my childhood. He doesn't care at all, though. Like, I'm sure, like, yeah. maybe, like, one of his grandkids is like, hey, you're trending on Twitter. He's like, I don't what, I don't know what that is. I don't care what that is at all. Yeah. Like, what did, it's and also, be- it's like, what do you expect him to think? He's like an old man, like, oh. Yeah, don't ask. Him I think about some that of it of is some of it's what you were saying that everyone's on edge, and some of it I'm sure is uh, like good intentions. People wanted to do what they think is right, but this is not it. Coming after Vince Scully is not going to help police brutality or really anything. Yeah, it's not like he's gonna be like, oh no, look, K-pop stands are mad at me, and there's all these like gifts telling him to like suck a dick. It's like he doesn't give a yeah. single shit. I'm sure he doesn't. And like, that is. Look at those. And that is something also here, even like with the Barstool Jamel Hill thing, uh, whenever everyone shares something about Barstool or any of these uh, quote-unquote cancellations or going after, one thing I don't think I've ever seen is someone say, well, I'm never going to listen to another Barstool podcast again. Jamel Hill did this. I'm never listening to Jamel Hill again. It's only people who weren't a fan of the thing in the first place who get mad. You don't change anyone's mind. You're just pandering to your own audience. Yeah. And then what those people end up doing is, like, they'll remember that forever. So now anytime that name comes up randomly, they're going to, like, interrupt what's going on to be like, well, guess what, this bad thing about them. And it's like, oh, that sucks. But that's, like, not at all what we're talking about at all. Like, (laughs) cool. Like, everybody here knew that, too. But that's not what we were talking about. So, like, that's the annoying part of it to me. And there is a reward for it now, though. Like, what those people are, like, looking for is, like, if you're the first person to like get it to go you get like followers and likes and like that's the goal of that world so like it yeah they, it sucks that there is like they it care works. they care a lot more about retweets and likes than they care about actually affecting any change yeah it's, it's all done from literally like one spot on like at a desk or on a couch or wherever it is that they like write that stuff it's like really it's very isolated world like they don't they don't have any sort of effects and it's very it it yeah cycles it it'll who if you're a part of it it's gonna turn itself on you 
it's like the Batman thing. Exactly. You gotta like quit that's while the, you're ahead. Yeah, that's the thing too. Where um, I think Jamel Hill may have misstepped. Once you go into like the past, try and find someone someone else said that is uh, considered bad. Uh, you open yourself up to it, and you just put yourself in that world. And the smart thing to do, I think, uh, as a white man who has no success, <laughs> is uh, just re- do your best. Try and call out some stuff if you see it in person, but don't become the call-out person uh, to call out things that, you know, if you're out and you see a white guy yelling the N-word at a black guy, call that out. If you, like, see something over-the-top and obvious, call bullshit. But just try and do the best you can. Don't try and dig through other people's history to find a thing they might have said. Once you put yourself in that world, you're opening yourself up to it because we've all made mistakes. And once the people come after you, they're not interested in accepting your apology, even if you do apologize. They just want your head. And it's just not a world to get yourself in because it also doesn't, doesn't really affect change as much as a lot of other stuff that you could do. Yeah, it's too bad that as as a society we're not at the place like remember like as little kids like if some some nonsense happened and some kid ran to the teacher more times than not the teacher would be like hey quit being a tattletale like that's stupid like no one no one likes that like no one sure something happened over there but like no one really cares so how about you shut up about it and yeah. like it's weird that that's not where we're at yet like people aren't so sick of it where it's just like oh god like. If, if this is gonna be about everybody, then maybe we all need to like. And, and I'm talking yeah. about the like offensive tweet stuff. I'm not talking about like right. actual crimes being committed. I'm talking about like insensitive right. talking. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, I agree. I put out a tweet like a week or so ago. Snitches don't get stitches anymore. They get five thousand followers on Twitter and a writing job. Yeah, for like some weird website that doesn't pay you very like that's not like job money it's not like and they're gonna destroy you the second that like you don't follow yeah. the exact yeah was there anything else uh, was about. there anything else this week on your radar um adam jones is playing in korea now and he hit his first home run in korea that was a fun clip to watch nice i haven't been following much of the korean baseball league ever since i heard they were uh busted for having sex robots in the crowd that made me want to watch but uh outside of that i haven't i haven't had anything hook me in outside of the possibility of sex robots in the crowd yeah it's it's i haven't been watching full games either but whenever the highlights show up i'll watch them just because it's fun because a lot of the pitchers there's a couple really really good pitchers in there and there's been a couple great compilations of hitters just looking stupid, just like swinging out of their shoes, trying to hit yeah. some of these pitches and failing. Um, yeah. We were talking about anniversaries. It's the 21st anniversary of the 900 being done uh, in competition <clears throat> for skateboarding. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's uh, more your world than mine. But yeah, 900 always seemed uh, – it was really hard to do if I was ever even able to do it in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Yeah, it was a special trick. You had to, like, fill your special meter and then hit, like, down, left, circle, circle. Then he could, like, do it. It's two and a half rotations yeah. on a skateboard. Up until that point, thought impossible, not done in competition. There is an amazing documentary called All This Mayhem that asserts that some other guy named Toss Pappas did it first. And Tony Hawk hated him because he's a cokehead and he didn't want him representing the sport. So he got him banned from the X Games and then did yeah. it in the X Games. But this documentary is very anti-Tony Hawk. They hate him so much. 
it's a great doc. It's really good to watch. But either way, Tony Hawk is an awesome dude who did uh, the 900 in competition. There has been a 1080 done since then, pretty recently. Okay. And it was done by, like, an, a literal child, like a 13, 14-year-old. It's unbelievable watching this kid. He wasn't born yet when the 900 was done in competition, and he did a 1080 that's before he could like wild. graduate high school the video is incredible i guess i'll uh try to sign into the twitter i got signed out of the twitter <laughs> i got to sign back into the twitter and yeah. then i'll be able to retweet the uh the video of this kid doing it because it's, it's truly incredible to watch there's also a, a new show on netflix called home game this week yes that uh, I've been enjoying watching. I've watched uh, two of them so far. I'm excited to watch more. But it's about lesser-known sports across the world, and they do a really great job. The the like the, the filmmaking is really good. I watched one of them last night. Guess which one was the one that I watched? <laughs> Did you skip straight to the wrestling one? <laughs> yeah, uh, Catch Fetish. It's uh, pro wrestling in the Congo. It's actually a fascinating story. Back in the 60s, Pro wrestling was pretty big in the Congo, and it was it's predetermined like the same way pro wrestling was here. Um, but in like the seventies, a dictator came in and banned anything influenced by Western culture, so they couldn't do pro wrestling anymore. But they were able to do it what they called a catch fetish, so like half wrestling, half fetish, which is a religion in the Congo that's basically like voodoo and sorcery. So there was this guy who was like pulling people's intestines out of their stomach to win matches and uh it's gotten pretty popular and it's just weird like sometimes you see independent wrestling shows they do a lot of goofy stuff and it's guys who aren't really in that great shape and they're more just like playing wrestling almost but now like they're they're actual athletes like they're treated like athletes like athletes they train every day like athletes they're treated as local heroes but then they go in the ring and they use hypnosis to win matches. They do real wrestling also. They train legitimate Greco-Roman wrestling. But then in the main event, the guy wins by turning his opponent into a baby goat. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I, I'm looking forward to watching the that one. I'm going to watch the rest of them. The two I watched, the one of them was about the Scottish Highland Games which yeah. is very much like uh remember on like ESPN2 they used to have those like world's strongest man competitions yeah it's like that except it's all throwing it's like two two weights of shot put two weights of hammer this like special kind of pull throwing that like only scottish people do and then there was this the, the first episode you got to see this one this one was fucking nuts there's this sport that's only played in florence i forget exactly how you pronounce it but it's basically like handball and rugby but it's full on you're allowed to like square up and fist fight it's bare knuckle boxing all the time for like 90 minutes it's just people just 27 person teams you're trying to like score it, just throw the soccer ball into this net but these people like you are encouraged the entire time to be bare knuckle boxing and it's so dangerous yeah. that they only play in florence there's only four teams you're never allowed to switch teams it's about where you were born and they only play twice a year. There's the semifinals and the finals because yeah. this thing is so brutal and hard to play. It's such a great I'm, watch. I'm definitely going to probably – I mean, we're still in quarantine. Still got a lot of free time. I'll definitely – it's a home game on Netflix. From what I've seen so far, I liked. And I saw the trailer for the whole series. It seems pretty good. It's well done. I'm, I'm excited. I think the next one I saw, I'm going to uh, – the third episode is free diving where you try to, like, dive really deep and come back without, like, yeah. assistance. 
Yeah, and uh, I guess quickly before we get to the uh, our MLB predictions, I want to throw my campaign hat on for a second. I just threw a post up on uh, social media, so you, if you follow me, uh, you've probably already seen this. But if you don't, uh, are you familiar with uh, the story of how Burt Blylevin made it to the Hall of Fame? No. So Burt Blylevin was um, a very good pitcher for most for most of his career. He was always seen as a very good pitcher, uh, but not necessarily a Hall of Famer. Um, and t- he was a two-time All-Star, but late in later years, we came up with kind of, you know, you have different ways of measuring the value of a player. And then in hindsight, you, we realized Brett Blylevin was actually one of the best pitchers of his generation by every metric that we now know you can measure by. During his time, he wasn't fully appreciated, and someone made a website. And they would update it all the time about all these new stats and new things about Brett Blylevin, and eventually he made the Hall of Fame. So, I don't know how to make a website, and I probably don't know enough about uh, all the stats and arguments to actually make a fully legitimate argument, but I want to get the ball rolling, and maybe someone can pick it up from me to try and get John Olerud some Hall of Fame consideration. John, John, okay. (laughs) I haven't seen this yet. This is the first time hearing of it. What's your argument here? So... He played during an era where first basemen were Mark McGuire, these big dudes hitting home runs, and not a, so John Olerud kind of got overlooked for his whole career. But he's got a career batting average at about 300, career on base percentage at about 400, 500 doubles. He's in like the top 50 in a lot on base percentage doubles, a lot of categories. Never hit more than 25 homers in a year. Um, so because of that, he kind of gets overlooked. But he had multiple seasons over 100 RBIs. Every team he went to got better when he was there. He was on the World Series winning team with the Blue Jays. Goes to the Mets in the late 90s, and they have a great team. If you make the Mets good, there's at least got to be some Hall of Fame consideration there just for that. Also, he goes to Seattle, and the year after he gets there, they win a regular season record, 116 games in a season, after Ken Griffey Jr. was gone, after Alex Rodriguez was gone. John Olerud was one of the top players on that team, and great defensively, too. Won only three gold gloves, but if you look at defensive numbers, he was always one of the best defensive first basemen. Again, only a two-time All-Star because he's competing against Jeff Bagwell, Mark McGuire, Fred McGriff, a lot of these other guys who are hitting home runs. But Olerud's probably one of the most consistently good players, uh, almost like a Craig Biggio type, that he was just good for so long that you almost overlook him. But Biggio has 3,000 hits. John Olerud doesn't have, like, a 500 home run, 3,000 hit type big number. But if you look at a lot of what he did, I think there's a comparison to how he was viewed during his career and how Burt Blylevin was. And at least some Hall of Fame consideration, I think, is worthy for John Olerud. Trying to get him on the ballot, at least. He was on the ballot and dropped uh, the first year he was on the ballot. He got less than 5% of the vote and he's off. It would have to come down to a veterans committee. And if they could put Harold Baines in the Hall of Fame, nothing against Harold Baines. He's a great player. But I think John Olerud is as good, if not better. Huh. So you got to convince them. You got to start tagging them. You got to start trying to. Yeah, this may be a sign. This may just be a sign that I have way too much time to have things to get angry and passionate about during quarantine. But I think I'm onto something. <laughs> no, I, it, it was it was a well laid out thought process. It was something, it was a good yes. case. You like built a, a solid case for him. He's also uh, when we did our Hall of Fame episode a while back, we looked at pretty much having a wins above replacement at 60 or above. 
it's like over 90% of those people get in the Hall of Fame. Ole Rouge is at 58.1, which is higher than David Ortiz, higher than Willie Stargell, higher than Joe Torre. He's, it's, it would not be an unreasonable thing for him to get in the Hall of Fame. I think he was just overlooked in part because of the era he played in. And also, he's probably most well-known because he played a, the field with a helmet on because he had a brain aneurysm in college. And the fact that him and I are both uh, brain surgery survivors probably plays a role oh, in this. Oh, here it is. <laughs> but it's not the entire it argument. It was, it was only a matter that Now it all makes sense. Now it all makes sense. You're going to have to send yeah. this to him. He's going to be excited. Yes. I, I posted it on uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and I left. I don't know if I'll actually do this, but at the very end, I put a little next up on my list is to make an argument for Jim Edmonds. Oh, all right. I'll, I, I want to get these. Uh... Yeah, I want to get these guys who fell off the ballot uh, and just were overlooked for some reason during their time. But in hindsight, we do, we like they should be recognized for how great they were, and they're just a little bit overlooked and underrated. He was a good card in the show last year, Edmonds. Yeah, and he made, I think, what is the greatest catch in baseball history. Just look up Jim Edmonds' catch. He makes basically the Willie Mays catch over his shoulder running backwards, but he dives and is, like, horizontal to the ground, fully off his feet, making that catch. It's the greatest catch I think you'll ever see in baseball. But, okay, we can get to to, uh, our 2020 baseball predictions now. Yeah, my my first one is that it's going to be terrible and like an extended spring training where a lot of people get sick and I don't think it's going to happen. I'm just putting that out there up top just because it happened last week when I was going on about how it's not going to happen. Let's calm down. It has not happened yet. So my stance remains that I don't think this is going to happen. That aside, let's get to our (laughs) predictions and picks. Yeah, this is, um, it's also a 60 game season. So there's a lot of teams who get off to a hot start and that could be all they need to win the division. So this is um, probably the uh, one of the most pointless things that we've ever done on the podcast. These predictions, but we're yeah, gonna do it is, anyway. I have, I have um, for my American League predictions. I have uh, shocker. I have the Yankees winning the AL East, the Twins winning the AL Central, and maybe this is a bit of an upset. I have the Oakland Athletics winning the AL West, and my wild card teams are the no, Tampa Bay Rays. Have a great and team. here's probably my upset special, huh? No, I was just saying, I think the A's have a great team. The the Rays do. The Oakland Athletics... I have the Astros missing the playoffs. That's my big kind of upset special here. The Astros, I have missing it. And I have the Angels as the other wild card team. I think a 60-game season can help them because they have an old roster. So they have guys who may not tire out as soon. Mike Trout could put on a great 60 games. Also, Shohei Otani... Can, and uh, Griffin Canning were supposed to be on, like, innings counts this year. They won't have to worry about that. So I can see the Angels having a hot 60 games, especially with Anthony Rendon added to the lineup. The Astros, I just think they dealt with a lot of stuff, and even if there's no fans, it's still a lot of distractions. Obviously, wouldn't be surprised if they still make the playoffs, but that's what I have, and I have the... I'm going to be biased. It's like, these predictions don't matter much anyway, but I'm going to have the Yankees win the American League. Nice. My my aren't that different. I think the AL West is going to be a shootout between the Astros, Angels, and A's. I think all three of them have 
pluses and minuses. The A's can score a lot of runs. They're going to yeah. have to be one of those teams that outscores good pitching. The Astros still have good pitching. I don't think that... Although, who knows about Zach Granke? Isn't the whole thing anxiety? They've gone through more bullshit than anybody, yeah. but it's not directed at him, so maybe he's been able to kind of just distance himself from all that. Verlander is another year older. Who knows how long he stays good, but something's going on down there with what they're doing to pitchers that are making them great. Um, I think the Yankees will win the American League, too, but my big pick is I think the White Sox have a chance to yeah. get a little bit hot and make a wild card spot. I don't think they're going to do anything big with it, but I think one of the three teams in the Central, or uh, I think either the Twins or Indians aren't going to work out. I don't know which one. Yeah. Cleveland has pitching, so I think the Twins might not be as good as people think they are. They have a lot of power hitting, but again, it's about hot starts. So, like, they're one of those teams that's either going to be fantastic or miss the playoffs completely. Right. Because it's all about whether their hitters are on or not. So I think the White Sox... And all, the other reason I think the White Sox have a good shot this year is the same reason Cincinnati might have a decent shot at coming out of nowhere this year is because yeah, I wh- think a lot of people are going to get not like six sick maybe I maybe they will who knows but I think there's going to be a lot of people that sit out I think there's going to be a lot of people that don't travel all the time I think that using the young farm system the teams with a young ready to go guys that might be able to pop right up are going to have a huge advantage this year yeah, there's that. It's like on one hand you have probably teams with veteran players maybe at an advantage because it's less games. But also, yeah, teams with guys who are just going to pop up. The White Sox this year um, seem kind of like where the Braves were a couple years ago where they had all these young prospects and they just had an amazing year and people said it was almost a year too early, like a year before they thought they were going to arrive. That's kind of where the White Sox are now. And the 60-game season probably makes something like that even more of a chance to happen. Like, mm-hmm. Luis Roberts supposed to be in their lineup, and he's, like, one of the early picks that some people are saying for Rookie of the Year. But it's just, a, it's always hard to predict Rookie of the Year. He's just one It's like, he's predicted to be in the opening day starting lineup in the 60-game season. So, like, we said we were going to do other predictions. Rookie of the Year is hard to do, but, in general. But yeah, Luis I, Robert on the White Sox seems to be a common pick. Mm-hmm. The White Sox, I don't know pretty amazing young like they're gonna be a threat soon they still need some good pitching help but they have prospects for that too it's funny you mentioned atlanta i guess we could just do the national league now well who are you, who are your two wild cards you had the white Sox and the rays yeah and then i think that the i think that the astros are gonna win the west and i think yeah. that i think that the indians are gonna win the central yeah Okay, let's go over to the National League. Who you got? Um, the National League was t- a lot tougher. I think that the Dodgers are going to win the West. That's not yeah, very that's difficult. not tough. <laughs> and then in the East, it's I between the Nationals, Braves, and Phillies and Mets. Like they all could. The Marlins are not gonna. Um. And I, I go back and forth. I think the Braves shit the bed so hard in these playoffs that they're going to get undervalued. And I think that they still have a fantastic young team that can put together a lot of good baseball. So I, they're, yeah. they're, my pick is Atlanta. Yeah. And then for the Central, this was the toughest one. I still think it's going to be St. Louis, but I don't know. 
Yeah, the NL Central was uh, probably the toughest one for me to pick as well. Um, I love the Braves in the NL East. I like the Braves, and uh, they're a little. I think they're underrated uh, right now. The um, people are talking about the Dodgers, Yankees, and Astros, and then sometimes I'll throw in the Rays as maybe that fourth team. I think the Braves have a legitimate shot to win the World Series this year. And yeah, I've seen the Twins tossed in there like that too. Um, yeah, absolutely. That their performance in the playoffs this year was so un. They just came with nothing. It was insane. That yeah. The next time they make the playoffs, if they do that again, people are going to be out on them completely. But they yeah. have a chance think, to really redeem yeah. themselves as underdogs the whole time. And I think a shorter season does favor some guys like a Scherzer and a Strasburg. But without Rendon and with Ryan Zimmerman sitting out for the year, I fe- and the Nationals last year after sixty games would would not have made the playoffs. I don't see it happening for the Nationals. Um, the Mets is like I'd like to see it as much as we should on the Mets because the Yankees fans. I like we, I like when the Mets do well, um, as long as they're not playing the Yankees. I don't see it happening for the Mets. One of my kind of upsets, I have the Phillies making it as a wild card team because Bryce Harper normally gets off to hot starts, and I can see the Phillies in the sixty game season getting off to a hot start and making enough to make the playoffs. Yeah, I can totally see that too. That's why that division was tough to pick because it's it's as with the sixty game stuff. You can't. Who knows? Like it's it's really just going to be a matter of like who has a good first yeah. month. It's it's really yeah. a weird way to predict or go about anything. Like I could, who know? And we're gonna, it's going to be one of those years like where you look back at the awards for twenty twenty. You're going to be like that guy won MVP. It's like well he had a really good sixty game stretch. It's like well who, yeah. Yeah, that's what made it hard to pick those. Before we get to those, I'll quickly say, for my NL Central, I have the Brewers taking it. They have Uh, kind of a bit of a uh, – their pitching staff isn't necessarily fully set, but with guys like Christian Yelich, I could see having uh, potentially an MVP year for them. And in a 60-game season, I think a lot of specific things, like having that amazing ace necessarily doesn't matter as much. It's – a bit of a crapshoot, and I, I like the Brewers team in general. I feel like they're just kind of a team that has pulled it together the last couple of years and done better than we thought they would, and this could be a year for them. But the Cardinals are my other wild card pick, and I can see the Cardinals win the division too. Because on the other side of that, when you're like, maybe having a great pitching staff doesn't mean as much in the 60-game season, having a guy like Jack Flaherty, who the second half of the season last year, I think had like a sub-1 ERA for the entire second half of the season, if he's that hot for 60 games, that's a huge deal. So, mm-hmm. and the Cardinals are another team that's just like, almost they're a model of consistency that even if you feel like, do they seem to have a lot of people? They still do well. And then they do have a lot of people. They got Paul Goldschmidt. Uh, Paul DeYoung is in that lineup. They, like, uh, the Cardinals just seem like a team... Whereas they're like the opposite of the Mets, where like the Mets are a team where if you're betting against, if you're betting for them, even if you feel like they may do well, you don't feel bad. Like you feel kind of bad doing it. With the Cardinals, it's like, even if it doesn't seem like they'll do well, you feel bad betting against them. Yeah, they've been there before. They know how to get back there. There's a culture of making the playoffs in St. Louis. And Milwaukee's probably going to be very, very good. I don't, uh, Jesus Aguilar... Yeah, Still the Cubs there. and the the, Red, the Reds are a team I'd say to watch out for. Eugenio Suarez could have an MVP-type year, and uh, Sonny Gray, Trevor Bauer, 
could have a good 60 games. They're both pretty capable of doing that. Luis Castillo is a great pitcher. I think the Reds are a team to look out for, especially in the 60-game season, a team that could get off to a hot start and actually win that division or make a wild card. Yeah, absolutely. I, like, like we've been saying the entire time, it literally could be anybody. Literally anybody yeah. can have a good stretch like that. Like it could be the stupid Pirates. It could be anybody. Not the Marlins or the Orioles. The, I, the Orioles winning more than 20 games is an interesting bet. They, they have yeah. the lowest over-under. Orioles winning 21 games. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. That's a... Yeah. So who did you pick for your MVP and Cy Young picks? I, I keep going back and forth about all of this. I think that it's going to be Mike Trout in the AL yeah. again. Yeah, I think that he's going to go off. I think that he's not going to waste too much more time. I think in the back of his head, any kind of record chasing that was going on, he knows is like super messed up by this, and he's going to try to make the most of the time he's got. Yeah, hard to argue against a Mike Trout. I went with a bit of a dark horse pick because this is a shortened season. I think a team that kind of does well and a player that kind of does well could come out of nowhere. I have I picked Matt Chapman from Oakland. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. One, he is. Yeah, he is probably the best defensive third baseman in all of baseball. I don't know how much necessarily they count defense to MVP votes, but if Oakland can win that division and Matt Chapman can have a really hot 60 games, I think he could be the star of an Oakland team that surprises a lot of people. Oakland Oakland does have a lot of good players. They have a real legitimate chance. And then in the NL, the NL was even harder. I've I kind of, I don't know who I want to take. I kind of want to give a shout out to Acuna Jr. because I think if he gets his, he he can be one of those people that could put on a show randomly for sixty games. I think Juan Soto also can be somebody that's very fired up with a World Series ring right now. And, and yeah, the- Ye- Yelich is a guy I like, and I would like to see it. My I picked Ronald Acuna, um, but Bryce Harper is somebody I could see doing it too. Ronald Acuna just. Uh, Last year had his coming out party. He was close to 40-40, and if the Braves do as well as I think they're going to do, I think uh, I, my pick is Acuna. I went dark horse in the AL with Chapman. Acuna is probably a more obvious pick a lot of people are going with, but I mean, I if he does some of what he did last year, I think it could uh, he could run away with it. But I mean, you know, sixty game season, it's really it's more yeah. of a crapshoot than ever. It could be Bex, just, it could be Bellinger, it could gonna, be Nolan Arando. It could that's be a what lot this of entire, people. The entire, this entire segment is going to be us making predictions, then immediately hedging our bets and saying, well, it could be as, anybody. As soon as we hang up this call or whatever you call it, like we're going to both get ESPN notifications, like, oh, the season's off. It's like, God damn it. <laughs> yeah, or somebody decided to sit out for the year. Um, but who do you pick for Cy Young Awards? This one, I I really have no... This, what are you going to get, like, seven chances to improve? So this was the one where I just... I think it could be literally anybody. I think it's going to... This is the one where you look back and it's going to be like, holy shit, who who the hell is this guy? And it's like, well, he had seven amazing starts in a row. Yeah, so he got it's this t- trophy. Yeah. Someone who can get hot. I kind of, for this one, just picked the two teams I think are going to be the best between the Yankees and the Dodgers. And I'm like, all right, I'll take Garrett Cole and Walker Bueller. Sure. 
That would be excellent. I'm a little skeptical about Garrett Cole just because every time someone comes to New York and is expected to, like, blow the roof off of New York, it doesn't happen. A hundred percent. I've never seen a starting pitcher come to the Yankees and immediately win a Cy Young. I only think this year it could be different because, you know, maybe he gets off to a hot start and there's not going to be the pressure of New York like there normally is. Uh, Uh, Other guys... Isn't that the most sports thing ever? You're just like, there's no reason to think this, but, like, you know, this might be the year. (laughs) Yeah, but there's also the things that affected New York pitchers in the past aren't going to affect them this year because there's not going to be an audience. It's not going to be the New York media. He might be – it's probably the best situation for a pitcher to come to play for the Yankees as far as pressure goes. But if you had the Indians in the playoffs, I could see Shane Bieber being the guy to break out and win the Cy Young. Um yeah, there's a couple um, good definitely. Uh, there's some. The thing is, it was like I was looking through the other guys. It's like maybe Charlie Morton, Blake Snell, like Garrett Cole. Just seems like if I say Garrett Cole, people won't call me an idiot. <laughs> Basically, yeah. But even something like like what if Corey Kluber has like seven, eight good starts in a row, and the Rangers all of a sudden are in a position to like make a wild card because they've yeah. had this like lights out and, starter. Yeah, and the National League, I want Walker Bueller. He seems like he's kind of taking over that ace role from Clayton Kershaw. But Jack Flaherty, like I mentioned before, the Cardinals, he could have a great stretch. Mike Soroka from the Braves. It's uh, Max Scherzer, Steven Strasburg. It's um, we probably shouldn't have done this thing where we make predictions and then immediately say that there's no way anybody smart could make predictions, but we did it anyway. It's gonna be. I really hope it does. Again, like I've been saying, I hope I'm wrong and I hope it does happen. But I'm so skeptical because, like, my other big thing I love movies keeps getting screwed. Like everybody was like, "Oh, this is." They just got pushed again. Tenet, Mulan, or whatever is coming out just got pushed another month and a half. So I'm not not confident that this is going to work. I really yeah. hope it well, does. That's a good note. That's a good note for us to go out on. We love sports, but we're not confident that you're ever going to be able to watch them again. So thank you guys for listening. We'll see yeah. uh, if uh, as soon as this episode comes out, if there's uh, another news break, but until then, hopefully we have a baseball season. Hopefully we can find out if some of our predictions came true. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be so funny if we like nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. All right, thank you guys us. for listening. At Who's on First Pod One at Instagram and Twitter at Anthony Pass ninety four. I'm at Real Matt yep. Marin. Thank you guys. We'll see you next week. Cool.